1: I'm Kathy Worthington. Today on Late Boomers, we have as our guest, Rich Lewis, an author, speaker, and coach who focuses on centering prayer as a means of inner transformation.
2: And I'm Mary Elkins. Rich teaches centering prayer in both his local and virtual community and offers one-on-one coaching. His newest book is called Sitting With God, A Journey to Your True Self Through Centering Prayer welcome rich
3: great thanks for having me on i really appreciate it
2: we're glad to meet you please tell us about
1: your background and your education and how you found yourself teaching about centering prayer
3: Sure, sure. So um, I guess my background really was not much in the church, quite frankly. My mother passed away when I was three and a half. So Ooh. had she not passed away, I probably would have been a Roman Catholic. She was Roman Catholic, but mm-hmm. um, she passed away and then we didn't go to, ch- uh, we didn't go to church. So then really the next, uh, my dad remarried. And then I remember when I was in junior high school, we, we went to a Unitarian church for about a year or so. And then um, when I was in high school, I guess friends invited me to their youth group. There was a youth group that met on Thursday nights called His House, and it was it was backed by the local Baptist church near us. So I didn't attend the church, but I started attending uh, the youth group because there was about 90 to I remember there being about 90 to 100 kids, and it was a lot of fun, and they did fun things that night and fun events on weekends and stuff. So that's when I guess I began exploring the Bible and, and God. Mm-hmm. And then I went off to the U- University of Pittsburgh. Um, it's, this was in 80 when did I go to university? 84. So 84 I, I was a freshman at the University of Pittsburgh. So I probably I guess you could say I took a sabbatical from from God and and, and the Bible during during that period. And then when I graduated from Pitt, I came back at home to live with my parents for a short period of time, just to get my feet on the ground. And, and I had gotten a job at that point. So at that point, my dad and um, mom, and I call her my mother because um, he remarried in the early seventies, uh-huh. they were going to the United church of Christ. They asked me to come along. So I, sp- I'm not at that church now, but I spent about 20, almost, I think almost 25 years at the United church of Christ um, mm-hmm. and I got married in that church as, as well. And I was pretty active in that church doing th- different things. Um, chairman of their finance committee, I, I, I ran the youth group, uh, I ran adult faith studies, uh, on Sundays. So I did a lot of different things at that church and really enjoyed it. So right now I'm, I'm in between churches. So that's, uh, that's give you an idea. Were you beginning
1: my- to learn about the silence aspect at that church or is that comes later?
3: I think, yeah, I did. I I, I started and it, it, it not necessarily at the church. I guess I just began, I kind of stumbled across books. So in late twenty. 20- Probably in like 2011, 2012, I started discovering books by a gentleman by the name of Carl McCullman, and he talked a lot about silence and contemplative prayer in his books. I don't remember him calling out a practice of centering prayer. I've since learned he practices it. But it, that's when I, did, I I thought there's something to silence. He seems to talk a lot about contemplative prayer. So at that time, I would just sit in silence and I didn't really know what I was doing, but I would just force myself to sit in silence because he had said it was powerful. It was transforming. But then in late 2013, I was simply looking for a book to read on Amazon. And I came across a book called Healing the Divide, Recovering Christianity's Mystic Roots by Amos Smith. And in his book, he talked about centering prayer uh, a silent prayer silent meditation wordless prayer that he had been doing for about 15 years so that immediately caught my attention because now i realized this is what i can do in, in the silence i didn't know what to do in the silence so i began practicing centering prayer in late 2013 reached out to him on his website we, uh, began a back and forth dialogue and, and really to this day we're, we're friends and we we actually talk about once a month and he's um I started working with him on his website before Silence Teaches. And my site is is five years old. I was actually working off of his site with him, and he's the one that encouraged me to, to write this book. He had written um that book. He was in the midst of as I met him of, of getting a second book published. So he challenged me to write a book. So he's the one, he kind of was a neat mentor. Mentor, uh, yeah. A mentor to yeah. nudge me to write a book because Can that- you say his name again? Sure. Yeah. Amos amos smith
2: oh, a-m-o-s
3: yes and then smith s-m-i-t-h so he had had you know that book uh, healing the divide recovering christianity's mystic roots and then his then he had a second book come out in 2018 um be still and listen experience the presence of god in your life uh, came out in 2018 and he's actually has another book coming out um sometime this year, and it's, it's more around uh, Quakers, because he, he's, he's actually, he kind of became, well, he, I guess he always had Quakerism in his background, but he, he wrote a book, which I haven't even looked, I don't even know what's in it yet, so I'm looking forward to reading it. He, so his third book will be coming out this year, and I know it has to do with uh, Quakers and silence and, and from that aspect.
1: But somehow you came to find yourself teaching it, right? You teach it now, Centering Prayer.
3: I do. And and that happened simply because when I was at the United Church of Christ, um, before I left, there was a woman there that she became an ordained pastor and she was she moved to a different UCC because she became ordained. She invited me to her church where there was another UCC church about half an hour from me. She asked me to, since she knew I practice centering prayer, she says, why don't you come to our adult faith group and teach that group centering prayer? So I put together, you know, a, a, a little mini program of 90 minutes to walk them through centering prayer introduction, I guess you call it an introduction workshop of centering prayer. So that it's funny. I think you start doing things because people nudge you. Amos challenged me to write a book. This person said you need to teach centering prayer. I want not you come to my new church? And lo and behold, you know I put together a you know a, a little workshop, and then it's it's portable, and I and then now I can use that and tweak it and and make it you know change it as well over time. But again, that's from a person just simply saying why don't you do this? And then off I went.
2: <laughs> wow. T- right. Tell us a little more about centering prayer, because I'm not sure what you're, you mean by sure. centering prayer.
3: No, and it's not. You know, a lot of people don't know what it is. So centering prayer, uh, I'll give a quick history and then, and then what it is and how you do it. So centering prayer, um, well, it's basically it's considered two things. It's meditation, so wordless wordless prayer, silent prayer, and a relationship with God. So it's considered a meditation, wordless prayer, and a relationship with God. It's been around since the early 1970s. It was actually created by three Trappist monks, so three Catholic priests in the early 70s. Um, They saw that there was other forms of meditation happening, and they wanted something for the Christian community. So one of the monks, um, Father William Menager, was reading a book, an old classic book, I think it's from the 14th century, called The Cloud of Unknowing. And as he read it, kind of the method of centering prayer kind of popped out of the pages at him. So and I'll share how you do it. So they began doing it, you know, amongst the clergy, and then they started rolling it out to lay people. And then 10 years later, the, the a contemplative outreach organization was created and they have a website contemplativeoutreach.org which is really the main centering prayer organization. And then it's kind of grown from there. So if you go to that website, you can see a ton of centering prayer resources and you can see groups that practice in the U.S. as well as internationally. Uh, Nowadays- Can you
2: repeat that for our audience?
3: Sure. So it's called uh, contemplativeoutreach.org. Is, is their website. Um, and they were created in early, in 1984. And it really is kind of the main center and prayer organization with a ton of resources, as well as there's groups that practice in the US and internationally. So you could you could go to that site and find a group anywhere really in the world. Mm-hmm. Nowadays, you can probably join any group because everyone's doing things on Zoom.
2: <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. Uh, you, you talk a little bit about uh, in your works about the true self, can you define what you think that is and and who
3: it is? sure and let me let me just drop that down let me just quickly say what centering prayer is as well oh, okay because so, that was your question and, the, and then I'll then I'll answer your that question as well because you find your true self in centering prayer so centering prayer you sit comfortably with your eyes closed to begin your practice and really what, what you're doing is opening to the presence and actions of God within so we're consenting to the presence and actions of God within during this time so we close our eyes and to begin our centering prayer sit, we interiorly introduce what we call a sacred word uh, of one or two syllables. So that could be love, God, Jesus, ocean, w- w- some type of word like that. And that signifies you're beginning your prayer time and you're opening to the presence and actions of God within. But you could also use an image. Some people some people are more auditory, so they might use a word. Some people are more visual, so they might use an interior image. Some people are more physical, so they might use their breath but you, you, you'll use one of those three methods to start your prayer time. And then as you're sitting there and if you, when you begin engaging your thoughts, and what I mean by that is you begin thinking about all the things you did before your sit, or you begin thinking about the errands and different <laughs> activities you're gonna do after your sit. Yeah. You realize <laughs> yeah. you're, not, you're no longer sitting with God in the present moment, you're sitting with yourself and you're plotting and planning. So that's when you reintroduce the sacred word or image or your breath to come back to the present moment and the purpose of your sit to sit with God, to open to the presence and actions of God within. So you do that when needed. Sometimes you naturally catch yourself. Other times you have to bring yourself back. And that's really what you do in, while you're just sitting, whether it's five minutes or 10 minutes or or 20 minutes. That's that's how you do the practice, and I say it's as simple as that. But for some people, sitting in silence can seem like an eternity, and and sometimes takes quite a while to feel comfortable with five minutes, ten minutes, fifteen minutes, or twenty minutes. But so that's how you do the practice, mm-hmm. and then Talk about um, the true self. Sure. So your your true self, you know, is the person God wants you to be, and what happens during centering prayer is, you know, you're letting go of thoughts and emotions during centering prayer and and letting go of who you are not and connecting to who you are and that's the person god god wants you to be and if you think about it, you know we tell ourselves tons of things that are just not true, that I'm too young to try that, someone older with more wisdom should do that, or I'm too old, someone younger should do that, or I don't, I don't have enough confidence in myself, or I don't think I have the right skill sets or abilities. We're constantly telling ourselves things that aren't true. So we, we learn to let go of kind of the letting go gesture and centering prayer. It begins to come with you in your everyday life when you begin to let go of the constant stream of thoughts we tell ourselves that are not true and are often harmful to ourselves. Um, and, and, open to who we are and then even have the courage to start acting from that person on a daily basis. So that's, that's what happens during centering prayer is you're really connecting to your true self, the person God wants you to be, even if it scares the heck out of you and is outside of your comfort zone, it it doesn't mean you don't do it. It's just, but that's what you're connecting with. So it's a constant sit with God, connect to your true self, the person, your unique gifts and skill sets that you really should be sharing with the world. Mm Mm-hmm
1: you said you were kind of mentored and encouraged to write your book but i'd like to know more about why you wrote sitting with god a journey to your true self through centering prayer
3: sure well, um really really for two reasons one i wanted to i wanted to share the practice um, with others, because it's really been so healing and and trans so for two two reasons. One, just to share what is centering prayer, but secondly to to share how it has healed me and transformed me and can do the same for you. So I wrote the book to be very easy to read book and very accessible book so people could read it. so if if you know if you look at the book, the, the chapters are short. Um, within each chapter, there's kind of a heading and you know what to expect under that head under that heading and it's only one two it's not very long each heading is isn't long and then, and then you have your next heading and you know kind of what to expect and then there's questions for reflection um, at At the end of each chapter, if you wanted to kind of think back about what you've read. So I really wrote the book just for the everyday person, just to share the practice and then to give real live my experiences of how it's really healed me and transformed me. And I think can do the same for you. And, And maybe it will resonate with you and be a practice that can help you as it has helped me.
2: Mm-hmm. Um, it, does the book, if I'm a, a, a novice and I don't know how to begin, does the book instruct me on how to begin a centering prayer practice?
3: It does. It does. So it, it really, it, it, you know, I think beginners can read the book as well as people that are already practicing if they want to deepen their practice or, uh, and what I mean by that. So, uh, yes, a beginner, it, it, it'll, Teach them what is centering prayer, a little bit of the history, and, and, it'll, and it'll teach them how to do it and, and when, you know, might be a good time to do it. And I always recommend the mornings. So make it make it the first thing you do to begin your day yeah. um, as you're beginning prep. And, and I always say, and start with baby steps. So, you know, even five minutes a day is better than than nothing per, per day.
2: So how would I begin it?
3: Sure. <laughs> I, I Well, I, would, I guess first I would say you should um, make it the first thing you do as you begin your day and, and take baby steps. So do it for five minutes and, and then see if this is a practice that resonates for you and, and then begin increasing the time to, to the 10 or 15 minutes perhaps and then if you realize really think you know this practice resonates with me and i and i really like it then i encourage people to add a second sit at some point later in the day and do the same thing you know take baby steps if you have to with 5 minutes and working way up to 10 15 or 20 minutes and then before you know it you'll you'll have a twice a day centering prayer practice and you'll look back, you know, as you look back, you know, month after month of practicing it, you, you'll notice how, how it has changed you and how it has transformed you and and, and other people might notice it as well.
2: I'd love yeah. to know a little bit about
3: how it changed you. Sure. So when I when I think about myself prior to centering prayer and then after centering prayer, you know, I'm a much more confident person in myself. I'm I'm a much it's not that I didn't want to live life, but I think I'm much more excited to live life. I'm more willing to get out of my comfort zone, try and try and do new things and it's nudged me to, to like, a lot of the stuff I'm doing now was never even on the radar screen. So now, you know, the idea of writing a book that that was never on the radar screen and and coaching people one-on-one was never on the radar screen and and teaching and getting on podcasts and guest speaking. And, and even a couple of weeks ago, I was invited to speak at a, it was a weekend. It was really neat experience. And I, and I was really flattered and humbled. It was, uh, it was a, saturday and sunday centering prayer summit with 10 speakers and centering prayer sits kind of interspersed on both days but i was just you know blessed to be part of it because there were some practitioners and people that have written books that were, you know, years and years ahead of me. And so, you know, here I start, I've, you know, I've been at it since 2014 with one book, and there was people that were speaking that have been at it for 40 years with multiple books and, and doing this really on a full-time basis. So that was just a neat, neat experience. And that, that was not on the radar screen to be out of the blue, invited to come talk and share, you know, who is your true self?
1: That's wonderful and yeah. i have been a meditator for many years and what i neat, try to neat. always do twice a day so i really appreciate how it can work and and i was going to ask you when you, when you teach your students how often do you tell them to practice but i think you just pretty much answered that ideally tw- twice a day which is what my original meditation teacher said too i know it right. makes a difference twice
3: it really does because the, you know, the first set, the first, the first sit begin for, like for is it in the beginning of the, you know, the day starts yeah. your day and gets you, prepares you for the day. And, and then your second sit, your, your reservoir runs dry interiorly. And, and the second sit, if you do it, you know, after lunch or something like that helps you finish the day as strong as you started the day. So
1: yeah many, many great. people will
3: say, I don't have time for the second sit and I'll tell them just try it, it actually gives you back time. It has a way of giving you back time, but you won't know that till you you try it.
2: Mm. I so
3: agree with that. It does. Absolutely.
2: Yeah, I do, too. Um, Can you describe a little bit about what happens during centering
3: prayer? Sure. So uh, really, a lot of things happen because if you think about it, uh, uh, Thomas Keating, really one of the main centering prayer, one of the founders of centering prayer, uh, called it divine therapy. Because if you think about it, it's a nice, safe place to sit and kind of repressed thoughts and emotions start coming out. That you, So I guess, one, you're just letting go of your thoughts and emotions, and these are thoughts and emotions that you're aware of. And then you start unloading thoughts and, and emotions that you didn't know you have. And then tension in your body starts being released. So really, the kind of the emotional and stress and, and thoughts of, and repressed thoughts of a lifetime start coming out. And then your body, tension that you hold in your body, your body starts to relax. So if, as you think about it, sitting you know, day after day, week after week, month after month, year after year, you're releasing a ton of tension and repress thoughts and emotions in your body. And and that's just really freedom because none of us, we we probably don't realize we're walking around in a high stress mode. And and if you practice, you know, meditation or centering prayer, it it does release all of that. And you, maybe both of you can say the same thing. You're not walking around as stressed or you can um, de-stress much quicker. (laughs) So Mm -hmm. that's definitely happening. And, And then I, I know. I believe I'm connecting to God and my true self. So I, I believe really that it's divine therapy is happening to me. You know, the thoughts and emotions are being released, and repressed thoughts are being released, and the tension in my body is being released. And I'm connecting to my true self, you know, the person God wants me to be, so that I can act. You know, put these actions out in the world and, and share my gifts and strengths and abilities with the world. Mm-hmm.
1: That's fabulous. Yeah. Because I was going to ask you, what are the fruits of centering prayer? But I think you covered a lot of those. You get a lot of benefit. I find when I am regularly meditating, which is normally, um, I can deal with traffic better, issues like that. Things that you wouldn't realize become much easier. Everything.
0: No, it does.
3: No, I I definitely find that or or even I I can like my my day job and I I work in for I've been working from home since COVID. I've been working from home for almost two years now. And at this point, it's going to be permanent, which I'm okay with. But my job can be very busy and hectic and it helps me. Deal with that and helps me look at. Okay, I have a hundred things that need to be done. Don't stress. What are the ten that need to get done today, and what are the ninety that aren't going to have to happen today, and don't worry about them. So it helps me hone in and focus on what I need to do and let go of what I don't need to do. And then I think I'm just more present in life. Like I'm I'm more willing just to be present to the situation and what it requires of me. More present with people and just more willing to listen to them rather than jump to an opinion or rent or, or tell them what I think. I'm more present for people and giving them the space, you know, the space they deserve. Mm-hmm. So no, it, it's, it's, I mean, I'm still work in progress, but, but I can catch myself. Whereas, for, you know, five or six years ago um, I, I would be more reactive and I would be more stressed with, 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 a, you know, a hundred tasks that need to be done and then zoom forward five or six years. And I don't stress out. I, I can let go of the 90 tasks that don't require my attention and do the five or 10 that need to happen that day. And I'm more present for people instead of immediately jumping to my reaction and my talking.
2: Oh, that's great. That's great. I think just listening to you today will uh, de-stress our listeners. <laughs> I'm feeling much less stressed just talking to you. Oh, tell, us, tell us a little more about your website. Well, tell us a little more about silence and your website, silenceteaches.com and what people can find there.
3: Sure. So it was created about five years ago, and then I just kind of let it grow. So what it uh, what it is is it's you know the, it's it's for centering prayer. So it's it's a, it's a site about silence and, and the practice of centering prayer. So when they subscribe to my website, they'll receive my it's a short free ebook on centering prayer, um, and then if there, I have a my book, of course, is on my website. So if they want to then learn more and go deeper in this practice and, and see how it has changed me, they can check out my book, which is on my website. I have a coaching page for those that want help with either some people want an accountability partner. So some people want someone to teach them how do I start and create a long-term sustainable practice. Some people are already practicing, but they realize, you know what, I I think I'm not leveraging this practice i'm not going deeper i'm not maybe i need a second sit as well and 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 who is my true self and who is what who is this person and what actions should i be taking so i have people like that 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 i've coached and then i also the third kind of third category of people that i've coached are, are people are clergy i've had people reach out to me where they say you know i'm burning out i'm spending so much time taking care of the congregation the flock the people and I'm not taking care of myself and I need you to hold me accountable to begin a practice so that I can, I need self-care. They, they, they admit they, mm-hmm. they're doing a terrible job of self-care. So I've, I've coached Clergy start a practice and, and then maintain the practice because it's it'll keep them. They need it for their day jobs because otherwise they're going to burn out. <laughs> so, yeah. uh, my, I have, so I have coaching on the website and then I and I, I do a lot of speaking, whether it's on a podcast or I get asked to speak somewhere or uh, church groups have asked me to speak spiritual director groups have asked me to speak and then as i said in in mid-january i was asked to speak at a summit so i have an invite me to speak page that sometimes i get it gets uh, i get a uh, contact on there asking me you know how does this work tell me more about what you could come present to our group
1: yeah (laughs) that's fabulous yeah thanks a lot for explaining all that and Mm -hmm. what would you like our listeners main takeaway to be today?
3: I would just encourage them to take a daily dose of silence. So I, I would just encourage them, um, try centering prayer or even, or any type of meditation first thing in the morning and try it for five minutes and do it for 30 days and see, see what happens and see if this is a practice that has helped you. And then you, if you want to increase the time, um, up to 10 and 15 and 20 minutes and then add a second sit so but just try it for five minutes once a day make it the first thing you do before you begin your your day and and just see what happens
2: i
1: love that
3: advice
2: i i love it too um and i think we should all practice silence do you do you practice it with just one word or one image or does it change all the time
3: so during the sit, you you really want to use the same word or the same image be, because otherwise you'll distract yourself because then you'll you'll spend time thinking what's the next word I'm going to use. <laughs> or, so really, you, you want to use the same word or the same image. Um, obviously, your breath is the same breath, but. <laughs>
2: At so least you wanted that one sitting.
3: Yeah, so you want to use the same word or image for that one sit. And then if you discover, you know what, this word is not working for me or this image is not working for me, change it You know, the, the next time. So like, for example, if you're, and I'll, I'll, I'll make it funny, but if you're making your, if your word is the beach and you're using that word, but you're spending more time thinking about the beach and I can't wait to go there again, <laughs> that's probably not the right word because it's really just, <laughs> it's just a pointer to bring you back to the present moment and the purpose of your sit. It's not, you shouldn't be dwelling on that word and you're and you're not using it as a mantra there are mantra practices but in centering prayer you're just using it to come back to the present moment to let go of your thoughts but you also then let go of that word Mm -hmm.
2: i understand thank you so much that's great i'm beginning tomorrow i hope our listeners will too Our guest today on Late Boomers has been Rich Lewis, author, speaker, and coach. Check out his website, silenceteaches.com. That's L-S-I-L-E-N-C-E-T-E-A-C-H-E-S dot com. Thank you so much, Rich.
3: No, thanks for having me on, and I hope this was helpful for your community.
2: Absolutely. I think it will
1: be. And we want to remind our Late Boomers listeners to follow us on Instagram on Late Boomers and follow both of your hosts at I am Kathy Worthington and at I am Mary Elkins. Be sure to subscribe to Late Boomers on your favorite podcast platform and write to us by visiting our website, lateboomers.biz, B-I-Z, or DM us on Instagram. And we'll see you next time. Thanks again,
3: Rich. Thanks.
1: Thank you for joining us on Late Boomers, the podcast that is your guide to creating a third act with style, power and impact. Please visit our website and get in touch with us at lateboomers.biz. If you would like to listen to or download other episodes of Late Boomers, go to ewnpodcastnetwork.com.
2: This podcast is also available on Spotify, Apple podcast and most other major podcast sites. We hope you make use of the wisdom you've gained here and that you enjoy a successful third act with your own style, power and impact.
0: Go to eWomenNetwork.com and sign up as a pro member of our Speakers Network. That's eWomenNetwork.com. Have you ever asked yourself this question? Why is it so hard to make a buck? (laughs) I know I have. Hi, I'm Sandra Yancey, founder and CEO of eWomen Network. What I have discovered after going from the brink of bankruptcy to running a multi-million-dollar, award-winning business is this. Thanks for listening. This is the EWN Podcast Network.